the world has written a narrative of motherhood that's narrow and limiting. But that's not how motherhood was designed to be. We don't have to accept that narrative or stay in that confined space. As Christian mothers, we have the freedom to create a beautiful, fulfilling, and inspiring life for ourselves and for our families. We can live a life of purpose and vision in the midst of the confusion around us. I want you to move from being unsure to being confident as a mom. I want to see you let go of the overwhelm and guilt and embrace the freedom we have in Christ. Let's learn how to enjoy the life and the family we've been given. Let's create homes where faith can grow and hearts can be shaped for the kingdom. I'm Audrey McCracken, and welcome to Grace for My Home. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Grace for My Home. I hope that you're having a great week. We are, and we are having a great week. I live in the southern part of the United States in South Carolina, and it is extremely humid here during the summer months, and it feels like we don't get any break of the heat and the humidity until almost Christmas sometimes, but we are having um, a little break in that humidity this week, and tonight it's supposed to get down to 59 degrees, which for us is really nice, and so I, I just love that change of season. You know, it feels like fall is finally just around the corner, and um, I'm excited about that. I, I love the change of season, and I don't care what change it is. I mean, I you know, fall to to winter, winter to, to spring, spring to summer. I just love to f- go outside and you feel the weather changing. You feel the seasons change. It just, it, it helps me to feel like, you know what? There's hope for me. Everything is always changing. Seasons are changing and I can change too. So I'm looking forward to the fall weather. But today, I wanted to come to you and just talk with you about some things that have been on my heart, kind of ruminating in my mind, and hopefully will be an encouragement to you. I was listening to a podcast yesterday while I was cooking supper, and it was Natasha Crane's podcast. I don't know if you're familiar with her, but she has written several books on talking with your kids about God and sharing Jesus with them. And they have been helpful to me. And I've, you know, read her books for years. But she has a podcast. And yesterday she had Dr. George Barna on her podcast. And he's the founder of the Barna Group, which you probably have heard about. But now he's the director of research at the Arizona Christian University for their Cultural Research Center. And not too long ago, they came out with some new statistics about Christianity and America. And what they what they came up with or what they were sharing. And she has, Natasha has shared this on her blog before and on her social media. So it was really nice to hear from Dr. Barna, who explained the statistics that they recently put out, um, that 65% of Americans self-identify as Christians. In other words, they would call themselves a Christian if asked, but only 6% of those who self-identify as a Christian, actually hold a Christian or biblical worldview. 
on her podcast this week, he explained, you know, how they came up with those numbers and the 6%, how they determined if a person had a biblical worldview. And it was very in-depth and very interesting because a lot of times when you ask people questions, if they have any background at all in church, they know the right, quote unquote, right answers, right? And, but they don't necessarily live that way. And they know what the correct answer should be, but it's not reflected in the way they make choices and decisions in their life. And so a person with a biblical worldview is someone who doesn't just know the right answers, but believes the things that are in the Bible and works or tries to apply those things to their life and makes decisions out of those things. And that's what they define as a biblical worldview. And we all have a worldview and we all have a way that we see the world and that determines how we live in the world. And Dr. Barna, one of the things that were very interesting to me was he talked about how we develop a worldview and when we develop a worldview. You know, we start developing our worldview, our lens of seeing the world at about 18 months when we're old enough to communicate, to walk, to talk, to interact with the world. We start figuring out how does this thing work? And then we do that all through our developmental years, our adolescent, teenage years, up until early adulthood, in our early 20s, usually our worldview has solidified. Once a person is an adult and has developed their worldview, it's much harder to change their worldview. And the older they are, the harder it is for them to change their worldview. And, you know, I can understand that. I'm sure you can too. You know, the older we are, the longer we've lived that way, the more set we are in what we believe and it's harder to change. Even if we are confronted with, when we are confronted with truth, if it does not line up with the, what we believe is true, then it's harder to let go of what we believe. And I just thought that was fascinating, especially since, you know, I grew up in church. I grew up, um, my grandmother took me to church. So I am thankful for that because I did learn so much in that church. But when I went out into the world on my own, I did not, just like he was talking yesterday on that podcast, I did not walk in the things that I said I believed because my worldview was not biblical. And so when I came to the Lord as an adult, a young adult, I was 22, it was, you know, I had to rethink my life. You know, when I became a Christian, you know, I had, like I said, I had been brought up in church, but I had a true experience with Jesus. I had heard about him. I had, I believed in him. But when I was 22, he came powerfully into my life. And I knew that I knew that he is alive, that he is who he says he is, and that he is his, he is right here. And he had put his hand on my heart and I felt, you know, he is calling me. He is saying, now is the time you need to, to come after me now. And I'm so thankful that he came for me and I'm so thankful. And it was life changing. And I understand what it feels like to have to reevaluate 
your life decisions, you know, where are we going from here? Because it changed everything. And thankfully, I had people, you know, that's what the body of Christ is for. I had people who said, you can do this, read these books, read your Bible, you know, come. And they loved me. They showed me how to serve Christ, how to be a Christian. And they were not condemning of me. They were supportive. You know, I think so many times I must have asked the dumbest questions because I just didn't know. You know, they never made me feel dumb. And I know they probably saw things in my life that they wanted to address, but they were wise enough not to until Jesus put his hand on those things. And, you know, that's what we do as the body of Christ. We help people to process, to become more like Christ, to get rid of the old mind, because the word says that, you know, we have a new mind in Christ. You know, let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. But we have to renew our minds in the word. You know, God has given us his word. The Bible is a message straight from heaven. It has been given to us so that we can know what he is like, what he likes, what he expects, what he has done, what he's going to do. It is a good thing to get in that word and to find out who we are who he made us to be, who he is, and how we are to relate and obey him and what it looks like to be a follower of Christ. And, you know, even if we've grown up in the church, we can think we know and be living completely opposite of what he expects and requires. And I found that to be true in my life. So I'm just sharing that with you because I just thought that was eye-opening. And it was helpful for me thinking from the viewpoint of a mom, how can I help my children to develop a biblical, a Christian worldview so they don't have to unlearn things? They're going to have their, they're going to have to have their own walk with Jesus. I cannot walk their walk with Jesus, but I can help them to know what the scripture says. And I can be an example to them of not just saying it, but doing it. You know, we don't want to teach our children, you know, it's important to to say we believe these things, but it's not important to do these things. We want to show them what it looks like to walk these things out, even if it's imperfect. An imperfect example is a lot better than no example. And I think sometimes an imperfect example shows them that we're all human, that we're all frail, that we're all trying to serve Jesus, but he is the only perfect one. So as a mom, I want to be able to help them to develop a Christian worldview, to have answers to the questions they're going to face as an adult. I'm not going to be able to give them everything they need. If I did, then Jesus died in vain. You know, I would be their savior and I'm certainly not their savior, but I want to do my part. I want to do what the Lord has asked and what he graces me to do for them. But I said, All of that to say, you know, when I became a Christian, the Lord started showing me thoughts that did not line up with truth. And I think he's always, I know he's always going to do that. As long as we're serving Jesus, we're never going to be perfect. We're always going to be in process. And in that process, we're learning him, we're growing, we're walking in grace, we're walking by faith. But there are things that are going to come up and we're going to have to choose my way or his way, you know, and we're going to have to decide, you know, where does my way not line up with his way? 
And he's constantly doing that in us because we are human and he is divine. And I remember when I first came home, you know, I was a working mom and then he allowed me to come home. It was a desire of my heart. And when I did that, you know, I wasn't prepared for a lot of the attitudes of my heart that were going to be exposed by being constantly in a home with three small children and me, you know, and I, and I was amazed and at the same time embarrassed because I really thought I was pretty spiritual. You know, I thought I was a very mature Christian, you know, and then I come home and it was like the, the, the wool was pulled off of my eyes and I saw I got a long ways to go. But one of the things, you know, he's gracious and compassionate. He didn't show us everything at one time. He works on us with one thing at a time. But one of the things that he started dealing with me about was that I did not see children the way he sees children. And not just me, but our whole world does not see children the way that God sees them. And he started dealing with me about that. And he started dealing with me and showing me, I need you to see children through my eyes. I need you to change the way you see them because it will change the way you respond and react. And it'll change the way you feel about being with your own children and training them. And it really did. I'd like to read for you some scriptures that show what the Bible says about children. And I'd like to start in Psalm 127. It says, Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. In vain you rise up early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. Children are a heritage from the Lord offspring a reward from him like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them they will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court or at the gates i want to read for you again verse 3 children are a heritage or a gift some translations say a gift from the lord offspring is a reward from him. So that's how he sees children. He sees children as a great gift that he gives to us. It says in verse five, blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. You know, he sees children as a blessing. You know, he gives us children to bless us. And you know, children are eternal. They're eternal souls. There's nothing else he could give us that is as great as the gift of of a child and money it's for this world you know fame it's it's vain children are a heritage a gift a blessing from the lord and so many times in this world we see children as a burden we see children as you know another mouth to feed. I'm sure you've heard that term. We see them as a mistake, an accident. Often we see children as an inconvenience, a nuisance, you know, something that keeps us from living our full life to our potential. 
And, you know, we see this all around us. And, you know, it, part of me wants to say, maybe because I see it in the world I live in today, you know, this is a new thing that years ago people had, you know, more respect, more appreciation of children. And maybe they did. But even then, children were not people did not see children through the eyes of the Lord. You know, even in the in the gospel, when the mothers brought children to Jesus for him to pray for them, the disciples rebuked them and said, Don't, you know, don't bring these kids around. Don't you see he's busy busy? That's my paraphrase version. And Jesus said, No, no, no. Bring them to me. I'll read that for you. Because that's a that's a good one too to show, you know, in the New Testament what Jesus thought and how he felt towards children. He says in Matthew chapter 19, starting in verse 13, then people brought little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked them. And Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. And when he had placed his hands on them, he went on from there. So he said the the kingdom of heaven belongs to them. He had great value for them. He did not see them as a burden or a nuisance or beneath him. He saw them as an important part of the kingdom of God. And that's how he wants us to see them. Because when we value them the way he values them, then we know how to treat them. Then we know what place to give them. Then we know how to relate to them. Then they stop being a burden and they start being a blessing. If you have that, and maybe you don't even want to admit it, I did not believe that I felt that way about children until I found myself at home with my three. I loved them with everything in me. I would have given, and I'm not over-exaggerating, I would have given my life for them, still would. But when I came home to them and I was working every day and nobody saw the sacrifice, and nobody cheered or clapped, I felt like, well, I am wasting my life, my talents. You know, I have a degree. I have run an office. I have been a salesperson. I, I, I. And here I am with three children who don't care about any of my accomplishments or wonderful um, gifts. All they know is they need to eat and they need love and they need their diaper changed. And I thought, I have given up everything. I'm such a martyr. Y'all know I say this tongue in cheek, right? I'm such a good mom. I have given up my whole life. I have sacrificed for these precious ones and they don't appreciate it a bit. And it so revealed my true heart. You know, Jesus knew, but he showed me. And only he can show you those things. But when he started revealing to me, you don't see them through my eyes. I Then when he showed me, I don't value them the way he values them. I love them, but I love them with my kind of love. I need his kind of love. Then when I saw it, I could pray. You know, then when I realized the true condition of my heart and how my view of children and my view of home and my view of being a mom did not line up with his, then I could read 
program my mind. I could say, okay, Lord, not my thoughts, not my ways, but yours. Show me how you see my children. So show me how you see this job of being a mom so that I can line up my mind with yours. And he did. You know, he did little by little by little. He helped me to see when I want to bless, I'm blessing you with these children. These are a blessing for me. And they they require work. And he helped me see that it's important work. You know, as when I married my husband, even before we got married, we have always been in ministry together, some kind of ministry. When we had our children, it was like the Lord reminded me of that scripture. It says, you know, what does a man gain if he, if he, what does a man accomplish if he gains the whole world but loses his own soul? And I thought about that in terms of my children. You know, what if I win the whole world to Christ? What if I share the gospel in foreign nations and you know, with and have a huge, huge um, response to the ministry that I give in this world? But I don't tend to the little souls, the little disciples that are under my care, under my own roof. Then what have I really gained? And he started showing me this is a ministry. You know, the, being a mom is a huge ministry, and he gives it great value. And when I started seeing what I did every day, not as just a mom, but as a ministry, it helped me to do the work with the right heart and the right attitude. I hope that's coming through. I hope that's making sense. And I saw it as important. And I saw it as, you know, I'm sowing seeds. I'm working with him. I'm a worker in his field. Maybe nobody sees me. but That doesn't mean it's not important. The most important one sees me. And he appreciates my work. And he's going to give me a reward for my work. And And that just... When I can see the big picture like that, when I can see that I'm working for for the Lord, even though maybe nobody else sees it, it gives me the desire, the grace, the energy to keep at it. Because my great desire, and I believe yours too, is to one day hear, well done, my good and faithful servant. Because that's what we want to do. We want to be about his business. And when you're loving on those kids... And when you're doing the hard things and when you're growing and you're learning to bite your lip when you really want to be critical and when you're learning, you know, to give up the thing that you want because it's not convenient, it's not going to work right now. You know, when you're growing in those things, when you're growing in maturity and in character, then you're teaching your children how to do that. And the seed you sow, you are going to reap a harvest and a harvest of righteousness and a harvest of grace. You know, one of the reasons that I named my podcast Grace for My Home was because, you know, I realized I can't do this. Being a mom, it's not just a hard job. It's an impossible job to do it well without grace. And and I know a lot of you may think right now, well, that's kind of, well, for me, it was an impossible job. You know, I felt like I'm just, I just, I don't know how to do this. I can't get it right. And, but the Lord kept saying, I'll give you grace. I'll give you grace. Don't give up. Just keep on coming to me and I'll give you grace. And I found out there's always enough grace. As long as I come to him, there's always enough grace. 
But as I got to see my children as the blessing of the Lord, as I renewed my mind with his scripture and said, you know what? They are not a burden. They are not a distraction from more important things. They are a blessing. You know, C.S. Lewis said, and this is such a good quote. C.S. Lewis said, children are not a distraction from the more important work. They are the most important work. You know, loving your family and ministering to your children and giving them a biblical world view is a high, high calling. So I just, I just want you to remember that the work you're doing is important work. It is ministry. It is eternal work that you are helping your little ones to form a biblical worldview that maybe nobody else sees what you're doing. Maybe nobody else cheers you on. Maybe nobody is clapping and saying good job, but I'm saying good job. And most importantly, Jesus is saying good job and he is cheering you on and you will reap if you do not faint. Do not faint. He who called you is faithful. He will help you do it. I love you. I'm praying for you. Before you go, I do want to pray for you. Um, but I also want to ask you if this podcast or any of my podcast episodes have been a blessing to you, I just ask you to take two minutes. It'll take two minutes or less to please go wherever you listen to podcasts and give me a five-star review and you know, just write something on there to tell other people, hey, check this out. And I say that because by doing that, you help other people who may be encouraged from my podcast. So if it's been a blessing to you, perhaps it could be a blessing to someone else. And I just ask you to take a couple minutes and do that. Um, but before you go, I want to pray with you. And I want you to rem- to know, too, that as I pray for you, I'm praying for me, too. I'm in this process with you. You know, I don't have all the answers, but I do know who, the one who does. And I keep pointing myself and pointing you to him because he always has enough grace. Lord Jesus, we thank you today that you hear our prayers and you care about us. Lord, I pray, Lord, for these ladies that you would help them to know today that they are seen and that the work they're doing is so important to you and it's important for eternity. And Lord, that they're not working, Lord God, just for this world, but Lord, for the world to come. That, Lord, it's an eternal work. And I pray, Lord, that you would give us eyes to see, eyes to see our children, our little ones and our big ones, Lord, our our babies and our adults, Lord, as, as you see them, as a blessing, as a heritage, Lord God, as, as those that are to be honored and loved. And, Lord, even when it's hard, help us to see through eyes of purpose. And I pray, God, for grace. I pray, Lord, that they would see your great grace, that, Lord, they're never going to exhaust your grace. And, Lord, they're never going to exhaust, Lord, your mercy and your forgiveness. And I pray, Lord, that you'd help us because you are our strength and you are, Lord God, our Father. I bless them today, Lord, and I ask you, Lord, to show us the way. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope you've enjoyed this episode today and will join me here again next week. You can find more encouragement on my blog at graceformyhome.com. God bless. Bye-bye.